There have been movies we've talked about that have really been a mystery as to why they won the highest honor at the Academy Awards. We're still trying to piece together Shakespeare in Love beating Saving Private Ryan, and the English Patient winning is truly baffling. But there are some winners that might not be the best choice, but at least make sense. 2005's winner, a faux-woke racial drama fits all of the blanks that the Academy loves to honor. It's about LA, which makes Oscar voters say, hey, I'm also in LA. It's artistically interesting, which makes Oscar voters say, oh, I get it, I'm smart. It's also socially conscious, which makes Oscar voters say, look at me, I understand racial tension now. (sighs) Unlike most logical winners, though, this movie is bad astronomically bad to the point where giving it one and a half stars on letterbox feels like a hot take but why was this movie which was liked at the time roger ebert wrote a rave review and listed it as the best of the year so derided now has america's view on race relations changed have the hot takes that this movie brings up grown stale today we drive headfirst into these topics as we talk about I think we miss that touch so much that we crash into each other just so that we can feel something. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive and sometimes we talk about horseshit. I'm Cody Lunsford and I'm joined as always by... Look at me. You embarrass me. You embarrass yourself. I'm Mark Watlington. If I could piss, I'd be okay. I'm Chad Oliver. (laughs) So, remember when this movie had a urinary tract infection storyline? Yeah, it's just like race, 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 old age? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, same thing. The old guy Except with the urinary not. tract infection was the only one that wasn't a racist. Well, well his son was. His son <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah, which he means racist? he probably was. Well, the, the son had that whole monologue about how he hired a bunch of black people when other people weren't doing that or something. I don't know. I don't fucking know. If we, so, if we take the racist son's <laughs> word for it, he was a great guy. The people that I always believe when we talk about people who aren't racist are racists. Yes. The, like when Trump says that someone isn't racist, I'm like, well, probably he's telling the racist. truth. Yeah. Yeah. If the, if the so, supreme racist disowns them as being part of their team, then they can't be a racist, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're out to a wonderful little big brain start. So, mm-hmm. guys, this is Best Pictures, and we uh, the, the way we approach the show is Wait, this is this year is year by year. This is what pictures? Best Pictures, like Be- I said, why, our name has never why, changed. Why are we Why are we talking about Crash? Well, because, because the way the that we normally the, best the, picture. the way that we normally tackle it is we each pick our favorite years, our favorite movies for every year we've been alive, and we're in two thousand five, yeah. and mm-hmm. then we also talk about what the Academy Awards do. And so why are we talking about gave this movie? It to, well, they gave this best picture. And guys, what the f- I've been mad at what some best picture heck? winners. I think I could say like pretty confidently of the ones I've seen, uh, there's still some like pre-1990 that I've got some blind spots in, and I'll get to them mm-hmm. eventually. But of the best picture winners I have seen, this is like kind of inarguably the worst, in my so, opinion. It it's kind of... I think I agree with you. It's a little yeah. hard to say because there are harder movies to watch. 
like movies that are slower, more boring. Sure. Schindler's yeah. List. Like this movie, yeah. this movie moves and it's like interesting to watch. Like I, when I watched it, uh, me and Laura, we were like laughing and like it was like it was a fun time to watch it because it was like this is so hilariously bad that it kind of became right. good again. But I think, I think it's true that this is like unequivocally the biggest failure of the Academy Awards system. I think it may be their biggest mistake. Yeah. Uh, who knows but it's their biggest best picture mistake they've made some crazy like you know acting mistakes and like not even nominating lego movies pretty egregious and stuff like that (laughs) um but this is their biggest best picture mistake of the ones that i've seen and i I probably would stand by it without like, because I think even at the time, yes, a lot of people seem to like it, but there was still some conversation at the time of like, y'all, this sucks. Um, yeah. But we'll we'll get into some of that later. Yeah. Especially Before given the, we do the that, I want to talk about... were made this year, though. W- like, do what? Especially given the other movies that were nominated this year. Oh, in 2005. Talked about yeah. a little bit last episode with Brokeback Mountain. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So... Before we get to that, I, I we talked about how we uh, we pay attention to what the academy does. <sighs> so I want to ch- I want to check the temperature of my boys and uh, well make sure they don't have no fever. Yeah, uh, both of these boys actually the have had worst. recent recent COVID tests, so they're actually they're good. But I the academy have not had one since I went to like a twenty thousand protester protest. So. You There's had one a right chance before. Chance I contracted it there. Yeah. yeah, and I had mine before I went to two children's birthday parties. So, all right. Well, so I guess they'll get tested again if they start feeling sick. Yeah. So, well, that's the other mm-hmm. thing is, and not not to get too like into the COVID thing. But, um, <laughs> yeah, because we're trying to talk about something else. But yeah, whatever. This yeah, is... but let's get into it. I don't know. Um, no, uh, I can't get a COVID test anymore unless I have symptoms, and that didn't used to be the case. Uh, they dialed interesting. back. So, I guess I just sit around and hope I don't have it, even though I was exposed. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm wearing Fun. a mask everywhere I go. So yeah, I'm, yeah, and I'm really not going you. too many places. So good on you. Yeah, I guess. Speaking of going places, theaters are about to open back up. I guess I'll check. Check. <laughs> I need to think of a better phrase than check your temperature. No, are, will you boys be returning to the theater when it opens in a couple weeks? Not right away. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to let other people go in first and test the waters. Mm. Maybe like two weeks in, I'll see if there's some spikage that's happened since the movie theaters Okay. Opened. Uh, All right. Yeah, I'm. I'm taking my sweet time getting back into society. It's been 100 days in quarantine now, so yeah, it's yeah. been a while. Um, been a very long while. Mark, what, you you think you're? Um, I probably because they're doing the thing where they're like opening it up for like Inception and like Raiders of the Lost Ark and like a bunch yeah, of dog. like. Uh, I probably won't go see those. Although I do love Inception. And Raiders, it would be hard they, to I've not see that in, in IMAX if they bring it back to IMAX. That would see, be tough. The thing is, they're having the Dune trailer premiere at it. They're having Dune trailer premiere at Inception? At the Inception. They will also yeah. probably show that trailer in front of Tenet, though. And I'm probably. I'm much more willing to go to Tenet. Now, we'll see where things are in, you know, three weeks or whatever. Uh, yeah. But, you know. As it is right now, 
I would probably go see Tenet at a time where I'm confident that there aren't a lot of people there. Here's the other, Either super here's the other matinee thing, or super late at night. Here's the other thing, though, Cody, is movie theaters aren't the only thing that are opening up soon. Like, next month, the Disney parks are opening again. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, I, I don't know if I have the self-control to not go to Disneyland. Yeah, if you go to Disneyland, you can go to theaters. Like Maybe you that's should the just thing. do one, though. Yeah, I think that's the thing, is like do one or the other. At Disneyland, uh, will no. be at one, I mean, that, that... one third capacity. So if I can get in, I'm not going to be like shoulder to shoulder with people necessarily. And also it's outside same... where like the wind will blow all of the poison away. That's just not yeah. quite how it's, uh, well, I mean, in no, April, no. it'll all go away with the heat. That's what they're saying. There, there have been like legit studies shown that when you're outside, it doesn't carry as well, which is why some mm. places like Arizona, where it's too hot to be outside, and, have and had higher peaks. And that's why we're like they're looking. They're looking at like bringing the sunlight inside the body. You've seen this, mm-hmm. like the UV light. Um, uh, Guys, I really just wanted to talk about theaters. I didn't want my Twitter feed to be <laughs> spoken to me. Oh, I, sorry. I here's the thing. I am an AMC A list member. Me too. A two days after AMC resumes things, a little film called Mulan will be in theaters. So I will be going to the theaters. Mm-hmm. They are now requiring face masks every after everybody rightfully bullied them on the internet, and it will be thirty percent occupancy, and there will be entire rows it, blocked off. You're facing one direction. Uh, not is, that many. You don't have to interact with people, and there will be gaps in between seats. It is I'm absolutely that hilarious worried. that in an attempt to stay out of the political discussion, they like became the political discussion. On yeah, no, it's bad. But they they reversed, and that's that's yeah. what ultimately matters. And I I will be going to the theaters. I think I will be doing things very safely, but also I. I don't have any hobbies other than going to the movies. I do not live close to a theme park. So I have, I mean, Mulan, it's Mulan. I've been excited about it for a full year at this point. Like I'm, I, I really want to see so that movie. And we should have seen Tenet's that next movie week. by now. We should have seen mm-hmm. Black Widow. We should have seen Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the new Fast and Furious movie already going to be out? Yes. By now? Yeah. Basically everything. Oh my gosh. And I don't want theaters to die. So that that's kind of I don't my either, concern. But also how are they going to make any profits with like one third? Well, I think not I, I think not going to them is definitely like not going to get them profits either. So yeah. um, I don't know how I, the studios plan on making money. I don't know how the theater chains chains plan on making money. The studios will move. be fine. They all have streaming services now. It is it is the theater experience itself that yes, is at streaming risk services, of dying. which are famously just just outpourings of money. Like Netflix is famously doing great financially. Well, Can you imagine yeah, sure, how pissed they, Disney would be if like Endgame was supposed to come out this summer instead of last summer? Yeah, <laughs> like their the, biggest the, movie ever. Yeah, no, they. That's why they aren't dropping these movies on VOD. Everybody yeah. who keeps tweeting that they should release Mulan on VOD, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. They will, cannot make enough money on VOD to... Trolls to, did okay. 
Trolls did okay. Trolls did like significantly well, less than the first movie. That they, they you cannot make enough money on VOD. Okay. You can't. Okay. You can't. Okay. $98 million for a family animated movie is not a hit. They just didn't lose money. Like lose the amount of money they thought they were going to make. Yeah. No, you uh, big blockbusters have to be released in theaters to make any sort of money. And movies also have to be released in theaters for theaters to survive <laughs> because if they yeah. don't then theaters don't exist so i i will be going to the movies and taking precautions i mean if, if they were like no mask and 100 percent occupancy then i would understand being nervous but it's like you at some point i don't know wh- what more can they do um because i i think it's a little unrealistic to say they're they need to be closed for the next year and a half which I is mean, yeah it's unre- i mean we're not going to solve the like political problem on this podcast about it's not a political uh, well problem. it is it's it a... is it is one i mean it's like will the government take care of us or not and that's kind of what's right what's coming down to so it's a, um, it is a political problem it's not one we're going to solve here so no <laughs> but, i i just want to see movies yeah. and i want movies to survive and i just want to um, ride splash mountain mm. <laughs> um uh so, but while we've been stuck at home, uh, some movies have come out and they've, it's not been the, <laughs> I don't know, the, the, there's been movies that have come out and it, to me it hasn't been the greatest experience because I tune out if I'm watching shit at home a little bit. But mm-hmm. one of those movies, Chad didn't watch, but Mark and I did watch. And that is a, a little movie called Artemis Fowl. Oh, um, no, I don't want to talk about this. Well, fuck you. We watched it. We're going to talk about it. I didn't know that was the uh, plan for the podcast. I oh. We talked about it a week ago um, that we were going to. No, because we said we weren't going to talk about this on the podcast a week ago. The I point is the movie this. blows. Okay, we're not going to talk about it. Chad, what movie are we going to talk about? Uh, well, we all watched The Five Bloods. <laughs> we'll talk about it then. Uh, I mean, where do, where do we begin? It's, uh, Spike Lee's new joint. Uh, it is about, uh, black Vietnam veterans, uh, going back to Vietnam, like, I don't know, what is it, like 30, 40 years later? I guess it's present day. Like 40 day. years later. Yeah. It's present day. Yeah. yeah. So they're going back to get their treasure that they buried, some gold, um, mm-hmm. Also, well, also the friend, the bones and, of their friend, and, and the yeah, the remains of their friend, because they want to give him a proper burial. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's an awesome movie. It's like kind of a blast. It's kind of got like a, a bit of like a treasure hunting vibe, but it's like I don't know. It's not like national treasure, but it's I don't know. How would you describe this? I don't know another movie I mean, I've seen like, that's like quite like it. Because it, it it does have like kind of an action feel to it, especially at yeah. at the end. Very um, much at the end. But it, ta- but it, it also it takes its is like a serious seriously at the same time. It takes its violence very seriously, but it also like you know dives into these themes about like how America treats its soldiers and specifically its black soldiers, and yeah. also how we treated Vietnam while we were over there, and like the mm. repercussions of going over there, and um, yeah, and the damage uh, done to like Vietnam is also taken very seriously. And like yes. the, yeah. Um, um, I, I've, I've seen a lot of people say that like, you know, like, Oh wow. It's crazy that this movie coming out right now. Cause it's like exactly about what the entire country is talking about. 
it's not even a little bit. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is I mean, that like it's it's about it's like not. the it's, black experience? Yeah, and, it's like it's, and it's in racism the in general. Is, yeah, but like it it isn't about like police brutality no. and you know the the type of systemic racism that the protests are about today. It is about systemic racism, but every yeah. Spike Lee movie is about systemic racism. Right. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's not Black like... Klansmen, which is what right. is yes. more actively about yeah. what's going on. They just say Trump in this movie a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, sort of, it's still about Trump's America, like, just inherently. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's very appropriately about, like, systemic racism today in Trump's America and, like, four older black men four older black veterans um, confronting that world in a way. But yeah. And it's yeah. also just about like PTSD. It's about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, it was nice to, I've, I haven't watched a ton of Spike Lee movies that are like set in the present day. Although I mean like um, do the right thing is set in its present day. Right. right. Um, but I haven't watched Chirac, which is his most recent or previous to this, his most recent present day set movie. And even then, that's set in, like, a version of Chicago, I think. It's, like, a heightened thing, I think. Yeah. It's, hmm. like, a Greek myth as well, so. Um, yeah. It's a uh, fucking... Uh, I used to know the name of it. It's the one where... I mean, it's about all the women withholding sex until all the men stop fighting in war. It's whatever that one is. Oh. I don't know. This. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's like a, it's it's a like Greek, a Greek play. play. Huh. Um, I'm also blanking on the name of it. But... Antigone, maybe? No. Antigone is about Oedipus's daughter. Um, uh, It's it's interesting seeing him talk... Lysistrata. Lysistrata. It's interesting seeing him talk directly about the the Reaper... Like, I think he has a lot of thoughts about Vietnam, and it's interesting to see him make a Vietnam movie set in the present day instead of a Vietnam movie that's like yeah. set entirely during Vietnam which and like I, following characters coming back home from war and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, which I did not expect that to be the angle on this movie at all. I mean, I, I saw it as like, oh, Spike Lee's doing a Vietnam movie. Like, at, like yeah. when I saw the trailer, I saw that was announced, especially with like their A-lister, Chadwick Boseman. Like, he's only in those Vietnam war sequences. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, like, a great majority of the movie would be, you know, in the war, and it's just not. There's, like, two two sequences, really. There are a, a couple of sequences, but you're right. It's mostly not in flashbacks. I thought that – I had a similar thought where I thought, okay, it's going to be partly them going into Vietnam modern day and partly them in Vietnam back then and also, like – you know, them coming home and, like, seeing their wives or girlfriends and being treated badly by Americans and, like, kind of the the Vietnam experience you normally think about. Yeah. Um, but it's mostly them present day in Vietnam, you know, con- confronting face-to-face these Vietnamese people that, mm-hmm. you know, like, they killed their relatives. And, or at least GIs like them killed their relatives and they killed, yeah. you know, Viet Cong like their relatives were. And there's these other characters, too, um, who are, like, still uh, deactivating all these landmines that are just mm-hmm. out there. And so just it's, – it's a lot of characters dealing with, like, you know, still dealing with the repercussions and the evils of war um, in that area. Um, yeah. It's a cool movie. A, I really liked it. 
It's a really good movie. I I want to. I I feel like I need to watch it again to fully understand it. It just uh, there was a lot of of stuff that I feel like didn't come together for me. Like. I would want it to, but I feel like that's not the movie's fault as much yeah. as just like what kind I of stuff it. in particular. I think it's a little of. bit the movie's fault. I mean, I I think yeah, I think I might agree too. But like, I just want to hear what you're specifically talking about. The the swerve into like it being an action movie in the last act felt really sudden and unexpected mm-hmm. to me. Which that last sequence, the shoot 'em up sequence, was a little odd. Yeah, I mean, like, everything after they find their friend and and the gold, I think, is, like, it just kind of turns into an action movie. And not, I mean, it's a a good, it turns into something that I like, and it Mm -hmm. starts as something that I like. I just, it it felt sudden. um, Yeah. And I, I don't know entirely how it plays into what the first acts we're talking about, other than, like, it... It turns these, like, uh, discussions of tensions into, like, you know, violent tensions. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, 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 yeah. I don't want to blame the movie for it, especially when so many people love it as much as they are um, without, I, I, without I kinda, spending some more time thinking about it and watching it again. I kind of think it was good. I, I kind of... I don't know. I, I think it's fine. Like, I, I really didn't come away thinking it was, like, a masterpiece or brilliant. I think, to me, there were a lot of things that were, like, a little messy of sorts that just never really clicked together for me. I do think, that, and this is what I was alluding to a little bit, this is why I miss theaters, because sitting at my house watching this in the middle section, I just felt my attention kind of hmm. start slipping away. That just sort of happens to some degree. Um, especially if you're watching like a two and a half hour movie, just sitting on your couch yeah. and uh, yeah. et cetera. I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's the dog will start like whining and it's like, yep. all right, let's pause it and let him out. And then I get taken yep. out of things. Like mm-hmm. I do miss the movie theater a lot for those reasons. Yeah. You know? Like, cause yes. it, at, at the home, it's like, you know, especially lately in LA, there've been all these fireworks going off, like just yep. all over the city. It's bizarre and it's annoying. Um, and so, like, we'll be like, wait, is that coming from the movie or is that outside? We'll pause. Is that gunshots or is that fireworks? I think it's fireworks. Wait. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's fireworks. And then let's right. watch the movie again. And, 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 and that kind of experience is why I think everybody who says I'd be fine with never going to a movie theater ever again in my life should be arrested and yeah, thrown mo- in movie jail forever. They're the correct way to watch movies. Like, it's... Arrested by a community force, not <laughs> yes. by police. Right. Right, because so, um, like you're, we're asking cops to do too much, right? Like you can't have them like pulling people over, also arresting uh-huh, people who say uh-huh, things about the movie uh-huh. theaters. We need different, uh, different, right? We we, different. we need a, a community movie force that is spearheaded by m- me, Mark, and Chad, where we go to yeah. people's houses door to door. and if they haven't been to a theater, we arrest them. I'm, I'm sure we can find more people on Twitter who will arrest people for having the wrong opinions about movies. I think we can find at least one or two people who are like really. <laughs> Really, just really believe in movies and uh-huh. uh, want to, you know, end people who disagree with them. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, think... I mean, that is that is that is film Twitter to a T. But I also feel like most of those people are also the people who are like, I don't want to go to a movie theater. So you're saying that we should arrest our enemies so and that... our friends? <laughs> okay, 
anyone who disagrees. No, we'll develop a questionnaire uh, that just uh-huh. sort of all this hypothetical power every... has already gone to Cody's head, and yeah. and we will call it the black screen scare instead of the red scare because like movie theaters have black screens before I they feel come like on. We it's can not av- those punchy I feel like we names. can avoid the word black. Uh, How about silver yeah. screen? <laughs> Because the silver screen is the silver TV. Screen. Silver screen. Silver well, screen scare. That, that is like... Silver screen That's scare. alliteration. Yeah, that that I'm going to arrest Cody for thinking that we should call it the black screen scare. Yeah. Uh, it's Whatever. racist. It, it, it's, no, it's not. It should uh, be it's arrested a black screen for. before it. I no, think, me and, me and Chad uh, talked about it. You're under arrest. Yeah, we're, we're on a new committee for racism. And, it's uh, not racism. This fucking well, sucks. Well, you would say that because you're a racist. We, me and this Chad are sucks. on the task force. This sucks. What you guys are doing is like actively bad and sucks. Um, so the, you're arresting us for what we're doing? For being dipshits. Wait, shit, is this a new committee? <laughs> yes. Can I, be on the, can I be on the committee? The House of Unintelligent Committee. Um, the uh, But but so this movie, I, I, I think it mostly works. I... It just there was something like you know there's a bunch of characters in the film and I think there's like two of the main like four that it really does right by and is really interested in and then I think the other two characters kind of don't have a lot there. Um, well, I think but the I son, re- the son and the father are really good. Absolutely, um, yes. And then the guy who, f- spoiler alert, finds out that he has a daughter in Vietnam. Yeah. I think his stuff is good. And then I think the other two kind of don't have that much to do other than just hang out. I like the part where uh, they're all dancing in the club at the beginning. <laughs> it's a good scene. It's a really um, joyous moment before things go bad, and I really like it. I, I I think there's some supporting things that are pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I think the plot line gets a little buck wild which is Who, like fun but it that, does get like a little buck wild who's that french woman actress she was never great. seen her before yeah, i, don't think I mean i probably seen have seen her before but yeah. not i've not knowingly seen her before i feel like she's um, like a uma thurman type mostly just like the mm-hmm. appear aesthetically the appearance but like she was a really good actress i really liked her no she was good yeah. i yeah, I, I, I liked how they handled aging in this movie, where they just kept the old people as whenever there were flashbacks, the older actors just played them. It, it, it was kind of like a dissonance, kind of like theater move, where like you knew who they were supposed to be, and so your brain could sure. just accept that they were meant to be younger. I thought that was cool. I don't I feel know. Like they could have colored the beards a little bit or something, just like. No, I liked it because because okay. it's 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 their memories of it, you know. And you kind of when you yeah, yeah. you're kind of envisioning. I mean, at least for me, when I remember things, I don't really remember myself as younger. I remember I all the situations true. around me. Yeah. yeah, which is why I thought that was a cool and kind so of. Ch- Chadwick Bo- Boseman still exists as right. I remember him. Like he's not mm-hmm. older. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, that tracks for me. And it was never like a bad thing for me. I never was like, "This sucks because they don't even look young." Like it was never that. Right. But. It it it's a different thing than what I was kind of complaining about last episode with Brokeback Mountain, where they were visibly supposed to look older, but to me it didn't track. This, mm-hmm. I really think they were supposed to look the exact same age, yeah. and it was like a narrative device Except for they, them to look. They de-aged them for like the photograph. And the photograph was the only thing. But yes. The other mm-hmm. thing that told us that time had gone back was that the aspect ratio changed. It was yes. on film instead of yep. digital. Like yeah. there yes. were other Which other looked really cool. Other awesome. markings that we had traveled back in time. I really like that. Yeah. I 
don't know that I liked the <clears throat> interspersing of the real life footage in this particular movie. Um, right. I've, yeah. You, it worked for you in Black Klansman, right? It worked for me in Black Klansman yeah. because I think thematically it tied a little bit better. Because the point in Black Klansman is like, hey, this is ending on a moment of they've succeeded. Yeah things are going to get better and then yeah. real life it didn't get better in this movie it is like hey you know the fucked up where things were showing you here is one real life fuck th- fucked up thing and you're going to watch somebody die in this and it's like yeah i, man, mean, I just don't i just me, don't know that it works fully and i well, think the ending moment with martin luther I, king jr is not is not what the rest of the movie is really talking about it yeah, kind of felt kind yeah. of weird and out of place to me yeah, I, I think I agree with the Martin Luther King Jr. quote. Mm-hmm. The sort of documentary footage and stuff showing up, to me, really worked. I mean, just, it may be a little exploitative, which people can debate about that, but, like, it drives there home was, the point of, like, the fucking atrocities of war. Sure. Um, but there was one shot that they stayed on for, like... Mm-hmm probably way too long yep. and it kind of felt like a like shove your face in it kind of moment and i, I mean, just i don't think it needed like it i think like it demanding that you do take your mm-hmm. time looking at it like don't look away like oh you think it's right. good to, you think you can look back at the screen you can't because it's still there like it's kind of like right. insisting that you confront it face on and i think it's bold i think I, I i support the decision i get why it's unpleasant but like i don't know i i just i, I think it, i'm on on chad's side here where like it really wants you to understand the world that it's taking place in and the context mm-hmm. of what's happening. I do think that there, think is some, do. there are some things. I, I don't think that I still fully understand what the post-Vietnam America was like. Like, I, I think that those images of, like... Because, you know, I can say to myself, Vietnam was an atrocity, but seeing images of, like, oh, here are kids that stepped on landmines. Here are people that got hit with napalm. Like... Seeing those images helps you understand better what the the Vietnamese people are dealing with 40 years later where nothing yeah. has come there to improve their world. And it also helps but, you understand their PTSD. What I don't like is I think like you get those moments the, when you see them later. I, I, I just don't know that you need the real footage. I think that the real footage helps you realize that this movie is not 100% fiction. And I think that right. – it's it's very interesting because it's like because you know the the story isn't necessarily a true story. I mean, it's based on a true story, yeah. But um, the the world that it exists is real, and it's helpful to be like this exists in a real world, and here are pictures of this real world that mm-hmm. you recognize from your history class, and here are some pictures that you might not have seen in your history class that are important for this world. Yeah, and like Spike's sort of decision to include and talk about like heroes of vietnam like black heroes of vietnam like yeah. by name and show their picture it's like okay we're talking about a real person now and like we're learning about this real person i don't, I don't know a lot of it worked i i agree that like you can you can debate about the ethics of it but i think it's like effective yeah. and moving uh but i, I do think, I think that there that is worth a worthwhile discussion to be had about the ethics of it the documentary footage that i didn't need was like the one clip of a trump rally that, you know, maybe in 20 years when we watch this movie and we're like, oh, wow, Trump rallies were fucked up and yeah, insane I mean, looking. Yeah. But today I'm like, oh, I mean, I I can open Twitter and see a video of a Trump rally where yeah. he says something fucking stupid and someone's in the background looking stupid. 
Um, the Trump stuff in it is interesting and is a little like I don't know. It it like mostly tracks for me. Like the 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 character who wears like a MAGA hat. Like his reasoning, it tracks. I can follow it, but there, there's just, I mean, sometimes, sometimes the points in this movie are like hit with a sledgehammer, and like that's not always bad. But there yeah. were just a couple times where it's like, no, I, I, I got you. Yeah, it would be hard to write about America in 2020, or just Americans in 2020, or the yeah. world in 2020, and for Trump to not be like mm-hmm. ominously in. The background, of especially the story. a movie as as political as this, like you can make yeah. a rom com without Trump in the background. Right, right, right. Sure. Maybe in even then, I feel could. like it would feel disingenuous to not be like, "Did you hear what the, the guy said today?" <laughs> like, yeah, at some point. I, I, I am curious as to like the legacy of this movie. I could see this movie yeah. kind of like standing the test of time, and that, yeah. you know, being one of those movies that like. It's not necessarily everyone's favorite, but is like of a very like interesting. Mm. Pr- people love war movies. People love Vietnam movies. Yeah. I could also students of like twenty thirty are gonna like cream their jeans over this movie. I I just I also don't like war movies that much, and there were elements of this that still sort of felt like a war movie yeah. where I felt myself. I mean, it well, very yeah. much it's like was indebted to Apocalypse Now, which is a movie that people love, and I understand why people consider it great, but I just am like. I get it. I I don't love that movie either, and this yeah. does play with some of those imagery and music cues and like the literal thing at the bar. I think every great director has to make a war movie, and the choice you get to make is what which war. Um, mm-hmm. And if you make a Vietnam movie, you have to reference. I mean, you don't have to, but like Apocalypse Now is a reference you should make, and right. you know contextualize yourself around that. Yeah. I just uh, wish more would make wars uh, of the star variety. <laughs> uh, I guess the closest Wes Anderson has come to a war movie is like Grand Budapest Hotel. It's like a backdrop yeah. of war, but like, yeah, I don't know. I'd I mean, be, Nolan had to do for, his war movie. And... Yeah, I'd be interested for him to make a, a proper war movie, <laughs> like what his mm. version of that would be. No thanks. Um, <laughs> I'm into I do it. think. I mean, the the war movies I like are made by Spielberg and Nolan. You know, I'm not necessarily into a lot of the. What did you think well, of Catherine uh, Bigelow's war movies? Are good. 1917, Mendez. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, I th- I think there's parts of it that work pretty well. Yeah. It works better than some movies to me. Yeah, that Mende- that one's fine. Mendez has also made other war movies. He made Jughead, which is um, I haven't seen Jarhead. Jarhead. Yeah. Sorry, I. Yep, uh, I, I thought it was in the, in he the, didn't make an adaptation of the Archie character. Thought it was. In um, the I think it's good. I, so I, if he did, I, I I think this movie is kind of the clear front runner for now for best picture. We'll it's see as more things come out, but it, of the year it's, so far, yeah. it's it's not my number one. What is your number? Um, one? The Invisible Man. Mm, that one is very good. <laughs> I, I kind of think there's like n- not a single ounce of fat on that movie i don't know the more i think about that movie it's a little perfect to me not perfect in the sense of it's the greatest movie ever made but you know perfect in the sense of everything it's trying to do it pulls off pretty fucking well some of those like fighting sequences where like elizabeth moss is just fighting against the air in that movie are just like yeah incredible what's the name of that director again 
Lee Wanell. Lee Wanell. He's a really good action. And it's director. also the fact this is launching the Blumhouse Universal Monsters universe yeah. excites me as a person. Is and the now, Wolfman one like a part of that shared universe? Yes. Yes. The Ryan Gosling Wolfman mm. and then the Karen Kusama, director of Jennifer's Body, yes. doing uh, Dracula. Yeah. So like, when fuck you, when yes. you say the monsters Is it fully universe, a shared universe, or yeah, are they just yeah, telling Universal monster stories? I don't know, and I don't know that it really matters, but it's going to be under one banner, so it's yes. all going to be a modern take on Universal monsters. Yeah. I don't really see a world where they all like team up, but if they do, whatever, I'll watch it. I mean, what's the I equivalent? It's, they... it's not Abbott and Costello. It's like the Impractical Jokers meet the Wolfman or some <laughs> <What>? shit. <laughs> like well, because the... they made all those Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, meet the Wolfman oh, movies. Who are our like equivalent oh. if we just put comedy uh, people and make Ke- them meet monsters? Peel, the Paul maybe? brothers meet. Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, okay. The, uh, Abby the and Alana meet uh, <laughs> Frankenstein. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think this movie is good. And right now, obviously, it's the front runner because movies don't exist. Right. It's, um, it's definitely but it's the front also runner, which would have really, been regardless. It's really cool that when this movie came out and became the front runner, that uh, the Academy said, "Okay, maybe we should expand the the." breadth at which we can oh yeah that's what i was trying to talk about earlier was that the 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 oscars have pushed back their eligibility so everybody 2020 lasts until february of 2021 now for purposes of this podcast because we have to follow oscar rules there was an if there was ever a year i didn't want to last two months longer Uh, the oscar ceremony is not going to be until april we are not going to do our best of the year until five months into a year and then 2021 we're going to have a short year yeah yeah. i hope they don't do some bullshit though where they keep that window that would piss me off because it would fuck my brain yeah gosh i don't like it i hate that like we are living in this like asterisk year that like in every history book like every sports almanac like yeah everything's gonna have this asterisk by this year i just hate existing in this like yeah like keep this year in mind for trivia questions in the future where it's like um name the year that there was no you know baseball world series champion and you have to be like or when was there the biggest gap between marvel films and it's 2020 with a over year long gap which has not happened since 2008 or like name years that america didn't win world series or uh olympic medals and you have to be like you have to remember that there wasn't even a season in 2020 (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. I hope the Olympics are back next year. They, Won't that they're supposed suck? To be? That's the plan. They're coming back in 2021 is the thought. But yeah. if there's not, then I may give up. Oscar, I mean, um, do you like the I Olympics look forward that to much? the Olympics. You like watching I them love the Olympics. Dive? I love the Olympics. What's your favorite what's your favorite sport in the Olympics? Uh, I like field hockey. I think they're doing skateboarding this year. Hell yeah. Uh-huh. Um they're doing rock climbing too. Oh, fuck yeah. Swimming kind of bores me. I know that's the one that everybody's like into the most, but that one does kind of bore me. I'm into some of the other. Yeah, I love I archery. Like swimming love is the archery. easiest one to watch because you're just like, okay, which one gets there first? You know, it's yeah. like you can kind of wrap your mind around oh. it. Whereas I love like, soccer. I love yeah. tennis. All of those are good to watch. Gymnastics is I, fun to watch. Like when they do like all the, like, the one where they're like jumping around and like, I don't know what you call it, but it's like 
they do a bunch of flips and they land and it's just like wild. Oh, the, uh, the, the floor hand, routine. The floor probably. routine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's Somehow the, every <laughs> every Olympics I find myself watching a hundred mile bike race and I watch <laughs> most of it. And it's yeah. always more interesting than I expect. No, the Olympics are perfect because they are on nonstop, and you can just turn them on as you're doing work. Like, that's why the Olympics are mm-hmm. great, especially not to plug. We talk about streaming services all the time here, but Peacock's whole idea is, hey, watch everything on the Olympic. That's why it was launching this year. Yeah. Was part of it, a big part of it is watch every Olympic thing that's, on that's it right next now. month we're getting Peacock? Next month, July. Mark is getting Peacock. Yeah, um, yeah a, hey, if you a want peek Peacock behind just, the curtain just of how... <laughs> I'm going to hand Max. out that password like popcorn. Cody's going to get CBS All Access in January of 2021 when they start releasing SpongeBob the movie on it. Um, yeah, we, we, we break things apart here. Like how you said start um, releasing SpongeBob the movie. Like they're going to release it in Quibbies or something. <laughs> No, there is CBS. I hope they change the name of that fucker, though. Yeah, yeah like it doesn't access. need to be CBS All Access. Well, drop the CBS. Yeah, just make it All Access. No, I was going to say CBS All Access, more like CBS. None of my friends have access. <laughs> They're call supposed it, to revamp it and it add the, shit. The and maybe then it'll be good. Right it now, it's not worth it. Um, but it will be logo, to watch SpongeBob Sponge on the Run the logo in January like of 2021. They need to just call it the Eyeball. The, mm. Yeah, like Peacock and the eyeball and just the letters. Uh, is what just call HBO it all Max. access. Drop the CBS. It's cleaner. Um, hey, we were talking about years that uh, the Oscars are going to be weird, like this mm-hmm. next year. Um, any other years that come to mind where Oscars made bad decisions either about uh, their eligibility period or what won? Hi. Let me think. It's yeah, it's it's crash. It's 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 two thousand fives, but maybe two thousand fours. Not entirely sure when it came out, but somehow won the Oscar in two thousand five. Um, crash. Um, yeah. and boys, have you ever seen Crash before? Now, before preparing for this episode, no, I had, I had not okay. seen this. Uh, Mark, I know Mark has. I saw Crash in college. I went home for like winter break one year and took a bunch of Cody's DVDs with me and then got my wisdom teeth out and was on opioids and watched a lot of movies. Um, So I watched this movie on painkillers, which made it mildly more enjoyable. I gave it three and a half stars at the time on Letterboxd. Yeah, you liked it. Yeah, I mean, on painkillers, this movie probably makes more sense and is like, I'd probably cry and like be very moved by things i think all of the things that didn't make sense to me in terms of like non-linear storytelling i was like i probably like dozed off or was on vicodin Mm. uh so (laughs) that explains the the confusing and you know like oh wait this guy was his brother the whole time i think i was it must have just missed that was it really confusing or was it just like dumb no (laughs) It's no. He's saying when he first watched it, and so he didn't yeah. remember that shit. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I apparently owned it, which I had kind of forgotten about because I sold it back at some point. Because <laughs> I, but but I was one of those things where it was a blind buy. It had one best picture, and you know I like yeah. to watch those movies. And I was like, well, fuck. I guess I need to watch it. Um, I don't think I loved it at the time. I didn't hate it as much as I did now when I like have gotten a little wiser about some things but I, I didn't love it i just was like i don't care about any of this 
Um, and that's kind of where I sat with it. But let's, guys, let's talk about the plot a little bit, which is uh, racist people walk around L.A. And, and then they're just racist or prejudiced to each other. And I don't know. It snows at the end. Um, <laughs> it is it snow or is it ashes? covers it. Uh, that's about it. So um, you can find me. No. Um, <laughs> Did you mention Sandra Bullock falling downstairs? Uh, Sandra so, Bullock falls okay. downstairs because she's so racist. Yeah, in the teaser and, and just now, you said that she is so racist she falls down the stairs. Uh huh. Yeah. Did I miss something? Karma. Was, was there something? No. Oh, it's just she karma? just slips. Okay. He okay. just is shot in the stupidest way possible. She trips motion. on nothing, which is why the joke is yeah. she trips because she's so racist. Because she, she, <laughs> you watch the scene. I rewound it. I don't know how she no. falls. No, I mean, she's and she falls like yeah, socks it and it slips on the hardwood. But like I don't know, her cleaning I, lady probably I, did too good a job cleaning. The I've heard. And, I've heard. But she doesn't fall it. on her ass. She falls forward and she slips like this, and then it cuts to her falling forward. Oh, it doesn't make shoot. any sense. <laughs> well, everyone yeah. knows that when you fall downstairs, you somersault. And somehow that fall was like the clarity she needed to like be nicer to her maid. Like, well, I don't none know of her what the connective tissue is there exactly. None of her friends came to. Yeah, it was after nurse she called her. all her Beckys yeah, and Karens, yeah, yeah. and they were like, uh, "I'm busy." Her friend and was then... literally named Karen, right? Oh, I don't. Remember. I think on that, the phone, I, or what? That checks out. I think it literally was Karen, like when she was talking on the phone, but I'm not sure. But then I, she I she know. tells the nurse that uh, she's her only friend. Yeah, right. and then they hug for a long time, and it's interesting. In the hug, it's kind of like. I don't know. I guess it's like the the white woman's gaze, <laughs> where like no, it is in the hug. I mean, that's you kind see of her like smiling and like hugging, but you don't see the reaction of the maid. You don't no, see what the maid what doesn't she's matter thinking. in context she, of this movie. This right. is a white person's view of race relations, Cody, which is how, fundamentally the problem. How dare you say that? There's a whole plot line about Ludacris being a carjacker. It's right. told from a black perspective. Legitimately, the. And it's so early on in the movie, but it is where the movie derails is when Ludacris is like, why is that white lady clutching her purse? They think every black person is trying to steal from him, etc. Mm-hmm. And then now it is a comedy moment where he pulls out a gun to rob her. Once that happens, the movie is derailed. The line is literally yeah. like, I wonder why they're so afraid of us. Probably because we got a gun and they pull out their guns and carjack mm-hmm. them. It like, sucks. Like, I, I, I enjoyed them being like, you know, there's no reason for them to be afraid of us just because we're black, we're harmless, we're just black yeah, guys absolutely. trying to see a movie. That conversation then, that he's having is actually kind of good, yeah. and then and the then moment breaks it. moment derails it, which it's supposed to be played for laughs. It's I supposed think. to be laughs, like, yeah. and it, that, that's not good. <laughs> I, I was reading, like, an oral history of this movie, and, and Paul Haggis was saying that what he wanted to do was, like, to confirm all of your stereotypes in the first act and then flip them on their head in the second act, Each where it was, like, oh. these people who are good are bad at the end, and these people who are bad are good at the like, end. Like, yes, the stereotypes exist, but also they're nice sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, if, so if that is his logic, if that is his logic, what happens in the first act is the Matt Dillon character mm-hmm. molests the Tandy Newton character. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if his thing is like your stereotypes, so what he's saying is your stereotype about bad cops who assault women 
but then or, we're going to reverse it in the end because the cop is actually good and safer. Right. So that it's is like the, the argument that he's trying to make well with that storyline. Like and that an American sucks. flag like waving behind him as he saves the woman from the burning car. Like that's the most like copaganda kind of crap you can do. Um, um, what's interesting the, is the he's the cop. only he's the only uh, actor who got nominated. Was Matt, Matt Dillon, Dillon for best supporting? Yeah, yep. interesting. He's. Yeah. I think I think Tandy Newton got nominated in others in other for other awards. Um, Do what? But, or something. Yeah, Tandy I think she, got Tandy like got a, nominated for BAFTAs. Yes, okay. yes, because she is British. Uh, um, yes, um, and they didn't notice how bad her accent was because they were British. <laughs> she, Tandy Newton's an incredible accent or incredible actor. She cannot hold on to an American accent, which is why she's so good in Westworld because they just let her be British. Mm. Um. But yeah, so that sucks. I didn't know that piece of it, and that makes it yeah. like fundamentally worse to me. But it's also like I don't know what stereotype Terrence Howard's character is supposed to be in the beginning. Like he's trying to listen to the cops, and like to the point where his wife is like pissed at him because he let the cop grope her in front of him and stand up to him which well, was like, his the, the whole storyline with his is he is a black man who is like which all this fucking sucks and i hate that i have to say it but it's what the movie is trying to say yeah. he is a black man who is like trying to be quote-unquote white and be accepted by the white man so he's right. giving into that like things. at work he like succumbs to the like why don't you make the line a little blacker and like yeah you know, and he's trying to yeah <laughs> But by I just feel like it, I feel director. like we have to as a tick every time we say something that happens in this movie just, <laughs> just have say, to follow it, it up sucks. with a it sucks it sucks but but his reversal of his storyline is he helps a guy or he has a carjacker in his car and he drives away from the police and then he has a violent standoff with the police so I think that that scene is the dumbest scene in the movie it's pretty so, like, dumb they see an altercation they pull the guy over they're aiming guns at him and then there's he like, has he grabs a gun to put behind him yeah. like he, he puts a gun in his back whatever like um, lost style yeah. is what yeah. i call that like, like style when you tuck it into yeah. your waistband <laughs> tucks it in yeah. your pants he treats he treats yeah. he treats his gun like my dad does a map of disney world when we're walking around tucks <laughs> it in his pants yeah. um and um, uh and but then, yeah then the cops are just like never mind well, well, because, the, it's because uh, good Ryan Felipe, there. Ryan good Felipe Apple. is like, hey, don't. And they're like, all right. And then Ryan Felipe, yeah. even like though they... we see him be a, by all accounts, good person. Hashtag he not holds, all cops. He holds his partner accountable, doesn't want to work with his partner anymore because of how he treated Tandy Newton and how he pulled the guy over. And yeah. it was it was not just it was not just the molestation of Tandy Newton. It was also just the fact that he was acting racist yeah, toward like Terrence Howard. Be, because if if it wasn't just the like if it was just the sexual assault, then he wouldn't have protected Terrence Howard like he did. But he does, which is why him being the cop who just shoots a black dude who he picks up doesn't track like in the logic that they've well, set I up in the movie. The movie seems to be saying like, yes, all cops in a way <laughs> in ways, uh, but well, also not like, I don't But also I don't it's, know. it's letting Matt Dillon off the hook for assault because he right, then, which he then does, just does his job. And then it's like, Man, I should start seeing people as people. I guess is a lesson he learned. He learns, man, molesting people was wrong. 
Um, yeah, it's almost <sighs> like allegedly the person who wrote this has some issues regarding that. It is almost like that. <laughs> it is I almost think, like that. I think the lesson in the Ryan Felipe storyline is that like even if you are a he good should have stayed with Reese Witherspoon. Oh, sorry. Uh, you, even if you are a good person, you still have these underlying biases. That's like sure. when a black guy is in your car, yeah. he is probably violent. Okay, which that's a whole other thing. Like. He's driving from, I think, like, Burbank down to Hollywood or something. That's what I was thinking, too, yeah. And I think he, it was on the 101. I was going to ask this question, Chad. Does this movie feel like L.A. at all to you? Um. So, yes and no. Right. It, largely, no. <laughs> this right, feels like a right, fantasy right. world that doesn't exist. Yeah. But I do think that what this movie was sort of like trying to say. And I think there's a way to make a movie about this. That's better. That's actually good. Um, No, there is. And it's called not have a white dude, write It more than likely, or just a white dude by himself. Yeah. He wasn't by himself. He was with another white dude. Exactly. (laughs) Um, but like LA with all its like progressive like ideals at heart, we're still like a city that's largely segregated and there are still yeah. like all these underlying issues. Mm-hmm. Um so like I think what he was trying to say is like yes, like we'll we'll say these things, but really like all the black guys live in this one neighborhood, the white guys live in this neighborhood. Sure. Stuff like this. But then like I don't know. The way people interact with each other, I mean I'm just living in LA doesn't give me the credence to say this. Just being a human being gives me the credence to say this is an alien planet. This is not how anyone behaves. No, none of these characters are real people straight up just are not. Mm -hmm. And second of all, like, like what, what the fuck is this movie trying to say? I think is really what I'm like, I I, like just trying to be complicated. I think it really is trying to say, aren't people racist and that is all that it is trying to say and to me that is where it fails because if you are going to present a question it is fine to present a question in an art that is Mm -hmm. something you can do pose questions make people think but you have to have some sort of take on it for it to be effective in my opinion you can't just throw a question out Um, and don't even have a take i'm trying to think if i agree with that i don't know if i do because this movie is about like grief where it's like, how do we handle grief? Like, well, I'm what not we saying do? like a clean answer, and, but I'm yeah. saying something more than just pointing at and saying like, look, there's racism, and it's uh, that is just not an useful. Like, it just it's, isn't. It's not even I, like complicated in how it's racism. It's like this person wants to shoot Hispanic people. That's how he's a racist. It's like it's not like it's like subtle nuances of racism that we're like talking about largely as a country right now. It is just the most obnoxious. Like, oh, this person doesn't like black people. Right. I I think it's. I also think it because of that. It is kind of a deeply insidious movie because this is the kind of racism that people can easily defeat. This is the kind of racism that like, well, I don't act like that. So I have no biases or anything like that. I'm not going to like actively say to a black person, I don't like them because they're black, which is shit that kind of happens in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like when Matt Dillon goes to talk to the person running insurance and he makes fun of her name. Um, It's it's, Shaniqua, right? Yeah. It's Shaniqua. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, of course with the name. That's not, it, does racism like that exist? 
Yes. Is it mm-hmm. the racism that we need to fundamentally be like dealing with? I mean, yes, but it but it, yeah, it's, it's more that it's more like that is it, it's white people can look at that and think they fix that. Yeah. But it's not where the deeper problems lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, the the question ra- the movie raises the question of like are people racist? Which is a question mm-hmm. that like especially nowadays everyone can answer that question with a yes, right? It's right. not a question that like needs to be pondered. Um, right. I feel like the movie does it does a couple of like it it's full of microaggressions in a way that like but is, are they is, micro is, or are they like macro? I think that there are yeah. some microaggressions, but those microaggressions turn macro, right? Like right. I think the storyline with the Michael Pena fixing the guy's door or sure, walking yeah. saying like, hey, you need to get another door. Like that's an interesting scene because it's like clearly these people just aren't talking to each other very well, probably yeah. partially because of the racial dynamic and they just like assume that they can't communicate well. Partially to me, because that is of a language most... barrier. But but what right. sucks about that is that like it isn't like, you know, these these miscommunications are caused by race and like, you know, we can find a way to get over them. It's like and then because they get broken into, he goes and shoot tries to shoot that guy and his daughter, right. but it doesn't work yeah. because the gun doesn't work and he thinks it's a sign from God because of course the the you know Middle Eastern guy is like mm-hmm. a religious zealot who's looking for signs right. from God mm-hmm. all the time. Like it's yeah, just it's it's one of those things. That storyline is probably the most like nuanced one in the movie, just because yeah. it isn't like explicitly people saying you are this race, I hate you because of that, which is right. basically what happens in other storylines. Yeah. It's also um, maybe one of the worst storylines in the movie, in my opinion. I think really? the climax of the storyline is the worst. Like yes. the, the gun yes. going off is the worst the movie gets. But I, I think, think everything before that, I actually like. I like Michael Pena's character. I like yes. his yep daughter and like their conversation mm-hmm. the tucking in scene was like kind of cute and he he plays it well right um well i think that's what we kind of need to dive into is like the is michael the reason the best this actor movie, this movie kind of works is the acting is good some like, of it i would say i would say the majority of it to me I there are performances Bullock is good I think Michael She's, Pena is by far the best. Yeah. I think I Don Cheadle's really good in it as well. Oh, yeah, I haven't um, really talked about Cheadle's character. Cheadle is a, a detective. Yeah. It, his storyline yeah. is kind of dealing with his mom and then... Uh, but also like not, his uh, partner who's like Latina. Yes. And uh, he calls her People might know her as feelings. the love interest and master of disguise. Uh, <laughs> Would I, know I, her as that? <laughs> I don't know her as that. I watched that recently. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. so his storyline is just kind of he's a detective. Man, what and, even and does bro- he do? His brother, is, his brother's like in trouble with the law, and then he finds out that his brother got shot. No, th- this this is his storyline. He comes across two officers who are involved in a shooting: a white guy and a black guy. Oh, and yeah. two officers. De- yeah, yeah. yeah. They're both officers, but it turns out that the black cop was actually, like, smuggling things and working on a criminal thing, and the white cop shot him because of that. But the DA wants Don Cheadle to testify that... 
the white guy was in the wrong and it's like what are you even fucking talking about at this point that's perpetuating a version of like police corruption that doesn't exist it does not go in that direction opposite would happen (laughs) right where like they'd be trying to get the they'd be trying to get the black guy like obviously yes yeah like oh we need to excuse give the the alive cop cop. make, make the white cop look good for this like we we got to make well and one... even if you like Ugh. separate it from race which it wouldn't be in a situation like that but even if sure. you did they would make the, 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 the to save to face good. they would they yeah. would side with the one that was alive yeah which is not what they did <laughs> and no. it's it's confusing and then you have brendan fraser come in and yell and i'm like man a year ago you were in looney tunes back in action and you're in the mummy <laughs> the i don't need you in this career, movie looney tunes back in action and he's like the barely Warner in this Brothers movie. security guard. Yes. Um, um I think but Sandra also, Bullock is kind of bad in this. It's interesting that her two biggest Oscar plays well not really cuz Gravity was and that movie mm-hmm. rules. But the I mean, other yes. two times are like movies that don't handle race very well at all. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, like Michael or not aged well. <laughs> Does he really? I didn't know that. Uh, I don't know that he it. hates it, but like I there was some interview where he was like I mean, I wasn't stupid. I knew how to play football. Like, why do they make me look like this? That, that's like, the thing. The mom yeah. in that story is a good person, but they made him bad. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good um, But th- th- there's the acting being solid to me is why it's a one and a half and a one star to me, just because the, the acting, they sell it. At times, but they Which, don't like, also sell it because probably, it sucks. I don't know. It's probably the most impressive thing in their like film career in a way because they were able to take this like shit script and like sell something, like make it like you know yeah. watchable. I was never bored in this movie. Like I was. No, I like, wasn't. That was a big piece of it. A lot of the other quote unquote bad Oscar movies we've watched before, they've felt they've bad boring. because we were bored out of our fucking minds. Yeah, I got bored this during this just, movie. You did? Yeah. They cut a lot. <laughs> it distracted me. It was on something new. <laughs> they cut, but it was always cutting to, like, just, like, dark city, mm-hmm. some car driving, you didn't know whose car it was, and it was like, I don't know. The The way that this movie is styled is kind of... Uh, I, it's, I want Chad not, to talk about I don't want to say this. boring or uninteresting, but yeah. it's not my taste. Right. Mm-hmm. I want Chad to talk about how... I didn't realize this because I had seen this movie a long time ago. This movie wants to be Magnolia, and Chad yeah. is the Magnolia yes. defender. Like, yes. talk about that. Uh, I, I don't think Magnolia is yeah, bad. I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you were the one who picked it your particular year. No, I mean, Magnolia is a masterpiece. It's just this. I know Cody probably didn't see it that way. Uh, but No, it's just, I think it's solid, but yeah, yeah, I don't. It's just like it accomplishes being this, like, symphony of cinema which is the most pretentious thing i've ever said but yeah it was pretty it, bad it's true that like the way it's like spliced together in these storylines just like all hit these levels of intensity and it just like it's just this masterfully constructed thing and then this one just feels like random stuff happening and it's all about race and it kind of comes to one climax and then there's a scene where they try to do like the same thing they did in magnolia where they're all singing the same song there's like mm-hmm. some very similar song playing as we're cutting between all of them, just thinking. It's right before yeah. it starts snowing. Um, snowing instead of raining frogs. Right, uh, right. Because it does it's, not snow in L.A. 
It's totally like a cover, like a bad cover band doing Magnolia and like trying it, to make it about it race. But but it's Magnolia thing is just like how can we connect every character to each other, which I don't know if that's like effect. Like I don't know that yeah, this movie it's needs not this. as effective no. in this movie. This movie tries no. to do that, like right. the you know the one of the carjackers is Don Cheadle's brother, and you know Michael Pena was at the I... that store as well as Sandra Bullock's. House. I totally forgot that Ludacris's big moment was like releasing the slaves. <laughs> like yeah, the, oh, no, the, 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 he sold the slaves. He no, sold no, them. He, no, he ended up letting them go. Right, 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 right. That's right. Yes, it, it, was, okay. it was. He was thinking it was about human, selling them. <laughs> it was. It was human trafficking, and then he lets them go, and just lets them go in, like yeah. Um, and that's. It was I like don't that know was where a hard decision go, but... to make. Was like, do I take the money, or do I not sell fucking slaves? <laughs> right, it's a lot but, of but money. But then though. the minute as they're the they're coming out of the van, he uh-huh. he says something racist to him, and it's like. So nobody learns anything in this movie. I, right. I think maybe well, everyone... that's my biggest struggle. It's like even in a movie like Green Book, yeah. which I think f- doesn't work for me and is still fundamentally mm-hmm. about easy, easy in 2020 yeah. at least to approach racism. Yeah. I understand it wasn't at the time, but it is easy to approach racism in 2020 and not the mm-hmm. more the, the what we're dealing with now. Even a movie like that, the character learns. Yeah, Does, like, Sandra uh, Bullock learns maybe, but I, a lot of the rest barely. of them don't. Well, I it's think like that... the lessons they had to learn were so simple, and like this is the case in Green Book too, a little less so. Like in Green Book, he yeah. had to he went from being the guy who threw away cups, the cops that yeah. black people drank out of, which is to inviting so him over to the grossly racist and then he yes. makes a black friend and invites him over for Christmas, and he can see past the color of someone's skin, and so sure. it's like a very easy lesson to learn from like right. our perspective now right uh, it turns out it wasn't like actually based on anything really like their friendship wasn't actually a friendship he just worked for right. the guy but that's a whole yeah. other thing mm-hmm. um the lessons they learn here are even like more obvious it's like shooting people is bad right uh, it's well, so you can I, get away with it if you set fire to your car <laughs> i think that the the lesson that he learns in that storyline that the good cop learns is that copying or like no matter what good things you might do you're still racist right i think that that is the moral of his story but he doesn't get arrested so kind of the lesson is like hey you're gonna fuck up and and kill some uh people who aren't white as a cop and dims the brakes (laughs) and it's a system of racism and whatever keith david is gonna tell you to say you fart so you don't work with the yeah what the hell was that sucks sucks so bad Um, we need to get a black guy to to be this character so that it doesn't seem as like i don't know the farting as an excuse was just i i think that the the like the green book is like an easy lesson like it's like easy listening racist racist lessons Mm -hmm. yes where i i think that that movie today is a lot more obvious of a lesson to learn than Crash, especially at the time. Where, like, Crash is about, like, you know, there's, like, different, like, levels of racism and everyone's racist. But it's a little bit, like, it's just, 
it just doesn't make a ton of it's not cohesive at all it's not cohesive and it the points that it's trying to make it fucks up its points a lot yes but i think like the, the points it's trying to make are more complicated than the points that green book is trying to make Yes, but I I yeah. think where it ends up is like they're like oh people people are racist, but don't they kind of have a point? Is where some of it kind of ends up. <laughs> yeah, and that's like, just Sandra, like Sandra Bullock like is in some ways validated for like cl- clutching her purse when she walked by the guys when Absolutely, they actually yeah. pulled a gun on her. Yeah, you know? right. It's like when you're when you're making a movie. It's just so irresponsible. It's just and, so and, irresponsible. And when the well, cop- and the Terrence Howard's storyline, he tries yeah. to stand up to the white cops, mm-hmm. and the lesson he learns is play nice with the white people, which is fuck that, you know. Like, and also, that's essentially the lesson he learns. Well, like when I, when good cop is standing up for Terrence Howard, he's like, he's not armed. He's not going to hurt anyone. We're like, Terrence Howard is armed is in that armed, scene. And, and he like, wants he, to hurt people. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's like. Yeah, all the yeah. I think the moral of, of the story is that like things are complicated and mm-hmm. racism isn't black and white. No pun intended. Except it is. Um, but, <laughs> is kind of the other problem. With- but the thing is that like yes, it's complicated. But I think especially from a modern perspective, we are well aware of how complicated racism is. Yeah, and mm-hmm. this movie doesn't offer any answers and not that all art has to have answers right but it's it's, it's presenting a problem it's presenting the problem poorly it's presenting a problem that we already recognize and it isn't giving us any solutions and the solutions it is giving us are shitty yeah i'm just like just have a fucking viewpoint yeah i feel like it thinks it has a lot more nuance than it actually does too Uh, yeah and it doesn't and then like I, i think about the final moment where shaniqua uh, rear ends Sucks. an Asian character and then she who gets we, out who was connected to somebody else yeah before, so yeah. she gets out of the car and is like screaming like anti-Asian stereotypes mm-hmm. and slurs and the camera just moves up and it's just like yep everything's still bad and there's no right. solution that, that that literal ending shot I think is also what really fucking hammers home how much it doesn't work for me because yeah. of that like uh, uh, it, it really feels like somebody also who's writing it and they're not trying to reckon with any of their own feelings about right. race or how they handle it. It is really them yeah. pointing at other people because I think there is something, I mean, I think we need a lot more art that's from, you know, minority voices like mm. d- like talking about this, but there is something maybe to if a white writer wanted to reckon with their own like trying to understand race trying to become more what i rather but like that's a movie that like but that's i would rather have a lot more black voices or asian voices or stuff happen before i see the white person's take on race but if a white person is going to do it have it about your own experience with it and not just pointing at other people and being like they're racist and i'm all right Nothing because feels, I can tell that they are. Nothing That's feels more disingenuous in this movie than the, the carjacker scenes. Like the scenes where the yes. two black guys are talking to each other. Yeah. Nothing feels less like no. true. You know, nobody. Right. N- they no. Well, I can't speak because I'm not a black person. But right. I would be surprised if that is the way that black people speak to each other. 
Um, well, and which no, might nobody be in this movie is human. No, no person yeah. who talks to another person in this movie talks to people like a person. I think yeah. the exception is Michael Pena and his daughter. To his daughter. That is but the that's one it. scene where it's like, this feels real. This feels like people talking. This feels, mm-hmm. right. yeah. It was kind of um, cute. It was a cute scene. It, was, it wasn't think, great, but it was cute. <laughs> I think the moral of this story at the end of the day is that everybody is a victim of racism and everybody is guilty of racism. Which is just like also not Which, like, true. The thing is that like um, white people are much more often guilty of racism than they are victims of racism. Well, also white if people can't ever, be victims. Yeah, white people can't be victims of racism. They can only be victims of prejudice, etc., etc. Sure, yes. But... but th- in this movie, like, I guess no one's ever racist against white people in this movie, but, like... Um, I can't remember. But, like, the the white people in this movie aren't necessarily victims of racism, but they, like, mm-hmm. learn a lesson about how racism is bad, or about how, you know, they see the repercussions of their actions and become better. Which right. they yeah. either don't deserve, or they're, like, the the good cop, like, becomes a bad cop. Which yeah does happen. It does happen. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that needs to be the ending of his storyline. It it just it feels bad. Yeah, you know what um, I mean. This whole movie I, feels bad. I also have a question. Um, why did Good Cop uh, pick up a hitchhiker? Because he's a in good Los cop. Angeles. He's a good guy. Because he's a good guy, which is why it tracks that he would just shoot someone instantly. Do like, good guys I just, pick up hitchhikers? Like, I think, I think no, in Los I mean, Angeles in 2005? I think that he was trying to prove to himself that he's a good guy who wasn't going to be afraid of a black guy on the side of the road. And you know what he was? Yeah, I don't afraid of a black guy he picked guy up from the side of the road. I'm not going to pick up anybody guy, But I don't need to pick up someone in my car that I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's just... People in this movie behave so stupidly, like Terrence Howard getting out of his car and yelling for like no reason. I don't know. There's just so much stupidity on top of like being hateful and like mean and racist. People are also just so stupid in this movie. They're just not real people. They're just like that's really what it boils down to. I think it's yeah. it's just like let me tell this parable about race that doesn't have any actual people in it um i got nothing else to say about this movie honestly you want to yeah, talk now about I th- the, uh, now- the alumni <laughs> well yeah now i think we talk about the like behind the scenes the alumni all that stuff so yeah, our sure. our best picture alumni it's only don Cheadle, which is kind of surprising with the cast this big unless i miss somebody uh um, he was in boogie nights as well you have oceans down right uh, but he was also yes he was in boogie nights yeah. um but i think he's the only one that we've seen before but it's time for Cape Check. We have Don Cheadle, who played War Machine. We have Terrence Howard, who played War Machine. Um, <laughs> I, Terrence Howard didn't get the suit, but they, he still played the same character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had William Fitchner, who was in The Dark Knight. Um, you have Michael Pena, who plays Louise in the Ant-Man movies. Um, and then you have Keith David, who voices Avengers cartoons. He's apparently in the CW's Flash. He's also Goliath from Gargoyles, which I know that's not, like, technically superheroes, but, like, it kind of is. Which character was he in, Sorry. Which character was he in this? Keith David, he was the the black uh, captain, the black police captain. Oh, oh, from uh, Community season six. <laughs> sure, he's yeah. Keith David. He, yeah. He's a pretty famous. Dude. Yeah, I just I always forget the guy's name. 
Yeah. 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 Um, so that, that, that's our check-in with people. Um, the other note I wanted to point out is, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, um, who, you know, everybody should be aware who he is. Um, I, he's like, he's like, (laughs) uh, one of the most prominent black voices he wrote, uh, I know, uh, between the world and me. Thank you. Um, he also yes, wrote Black Panther wrote for Marvel fiction. for a long time. Right. That's why I was giggling because like he's got a lot of important work that I really need to read. And what I have read are his Black Panther runs and his run on Captain America. And that's it so far. That's why I was giggling to myself. He, his uh, Captain America is really good, by the way. Uh, also, his Black mm-hmm. Panther is. But um, I, I really like his comic writing. Um, he hates this movie, which makes sense. Um, cause it fucking sucks. Um, when I talk about the award performance a little bit, it won best picture, which ugh. it won best screenplay, which, ugh. um, and it won best editing, which that is the one where you could see the Oscars giving to it. Not that it has the best mm. editing, but think about Bohemian yeah, I mean, Rhapsody getting best yeah. editing, you know, like yeah. th- they were like, Oh, it's a lot of storylines. Good so editing. Splicing between. Sure. I, yeah, I, mean, I don't know what it was up it. against, but like, I guess I could see you giving it to this. Yes, I could see um, why they would. I, I right. fundamentally just dis- disagree with this winning anything, but yeah, yes, okay. It, it was nominated for best supporting actor for Matt Dillon, who is not mm. who I would have nominated for this movie. I probably no. would have done Pena if I had to nominate, and maybe yeah. Cheadle. Th- those would be the two that I would think about, but I wouldn't nominate. <sighs> Look, man, it's sure optics aren't everything, but it is a little bit fucked up that the one nomination yep. from this movie is from the bad white cop. Yeah. You know, like it's like insane when you think back to like, I mean, the Oscars so white campaign from like a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. And you look at like this movie as an example of like it's trying to be about race in a mature way. It's failing, but it's trying. And then you nominate only the white cop. I should have done some more research on this because that actually would have been a fantastic stat. I don't know who edited this movie, but basically every other thing it was nominated for, it was for white people work. Like, because it was also nominated for a screenplay, which was two white guys. Um, Best director, which is on the editor, real quick. Yeah. Um, Best director was a white guy. Um, And then it was nominated for best song, which. Cannot even really tell you what that song is, but it's just a rip off of the Amy Mann song in Magnolia. Um, yeah, it looks like the uh, editor of this movie is a white guy, Hughes yeah. Win- Hughes Winborn. Yeah. So yes. if you're making a movie by about race and only the white people are getting nominated, that's not necessarily a great sign. Yeah. Even Green Book, like Mahershala, won for that. You know, yes. so yeah. Um, Even though I think Viggo Mortensen gave a better performance in the movie, I disagree. I I like him in the movie. He's funny. <laughs> he's bad. He's kind of transformative. Um, he's transformative. Really sure. good in, in Green Book. We'll talk about Green Book another year. They're both. They're both. They're both doing good work. I just like I'm more impressed with Vigo than I am with Mahershala. Well, it's kind of one of those things is Mahershala is so good that you just trust him to be a steady hand. Where Vigo's giving the kind of like big different performance, but 
Yeah, no, not into it. Um, You've never eaten Kentucky Fried Chicken before? No. Grant Vigo is not a real character in that movie either. <laughs> anyway, uh, it won supporting actor for Matt Dillon and screenplay at the Golden Globes. You guys want to know something crazy? In a rare reversal of fortune where the Golden Globes actually does right, it wasn't nominated for picture at all. Wasn't yeah, even the, nominated for picture. It's the only thing to win Best Picture That's without crazy. being nominated for Best Drama, Best Comedy, or Best Foreign Film at the Globes. Yep. Um, wow. The uh, But Brokeback Mountain and Squid in the Well, two movies we've talked about, were both nominated in Drama and Comedy Musical. The winners were Brokeback Mountain and then Walk the Line for musical oh. um, and comedy which is a good movie Walk the uh, is got, really good i hate kind of hate that we didn't get to talk about that this year yeah it's it, reese won her oscar for it but we've already talked about the movie reese should have won her oscar for so um, it's another so. movie that i watched election on killers yeah. that same weekend walk the line <laughs> no yeah also i kind of uh, like walk Slumdog the line it's not perfect Slumdog Millionaire. Mm. I'm interested to revisit that one. I don't really remember it all that well. But well, Walk the Line won, is one right? of those in movies. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk yeah. About it. Oh wait, yeah. we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, um, Walk the Line is kind of interesting because it's it like does the biopic format that gets really parodied later and people try and replicate, but it still sort of works. Like, yeah, the I think you should leave sketch of uh, like just follow my lead in the <laughs> recording booth. Well, but also, like, well, walk down, hard. But also, yeah. Walk hard is just—it's oh, a, it's a direct parody. Yeah, it is just walk the line. Yeah, um, oh, it's funny. Um, and then Bohemian Rhapsody has the audacity to do the exact to just same do it. Yeah, again. Um, the only other thing I want to talk about in relation to Crash is there was a TV show that ran for two seasons on <gasps> Stars. I didn't know it was Crash. two seasons. Oh it was really two seasons. It ran for two seasons. It starred Dennis Hopper, Eric Roberts, there were a couple other people. I tried to figure out what it was about, not very hard, but tried a little bit, and I like couldn't tell. Like I guess it it didn't even seem like it was still a about race i could be completely wrong i will say i have not seen it i don't know but it basically it about moody people in la that's kind of what it seemed was the premise of the show which is interesting but i haven't watched it so i can't speak to that fully the other but. interesting thing about this movie is that it made like 10 times its budget and it's still one of the mm-hmm. lowest grossing movies to win best picture Really? It was made for like $7 million. It made like $70 million in the box office. Um, right. But that's just not a, a ton of money. Um, right. It, Do we want to quiz Chad? Chad, what's the lowest grossing movie to ever win Best Picture? Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, I have no idea. I don't know either. I was hoping Mark would look it okay. up. I think it's either Hurt, it's Hurt Locker or Moonlight, and I think it might be Moonlight. Moonlight uh, did well, not get a big release. I remember that being hard to see. Yeah. Uh, this Wikipedia page just says that it's the it was the lowest grossing film, uh, the lowest grossing film to win Best Picture since The Last Emperor in '87. I don't know if anything beat it since then. I can look it up. I guess. Hmm. Hmm. Lowest it, grossing it, movie of all time is not useful. <laughs> um, it made fifty three before it won, and made a hundred to- total. Like eventually, um, yeah, Moonlight was probably lower than that. It made sixty five total. 
Uh, it's Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker made uh, fourteen. Oh, and really? Moonlight made yeah. That's uh, Moonlight made twenty eight. Fourteen is like nothing. Yeah, that, I mean that's very low. And Hurt Locker is really good. It's really good. I'm uh, trying to think if I watched that before it won an Oscar. Did I watch it in theaters? I don't think so. I didn't. Um. Anyway. Um, Shape of Water is 14th on this list. I thought that movie was like a massive hit, but I guess not. Um, I mean, it was in like film Twitter circles for sure. I think- oh, Argo was the highest grosser, like one of the highest grosser of a Best Picture winner ever with like um, 136. I think Parasite actually made quite a bit of money for a Best Picture winner. I imagine like Best Titanic and Gladiator were also... Yeah, Titanic. Mm-hmm. It's always like, hey, what movie made the most money uh, in one Best Picture? It's like, oh, right, one of the highest grossing movies yeah. of all time. <laughs> that one's kind of easy to remember. Um, speaking of Titanic, it's no longer the best movie of our lifetimes, but we do need to figure out what is the best movie of 2005. It's not so, this. hey, Chad, is... Um, is it Batman Begins or is it Crash? It's Batman Begins or is it Crash? It's Batman Begins, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Mark, what do you think? Batman Begins, undoubtedly. Yeah, I could, I could pretend to think about this, but it's it's Batman Begins. Yeah, I mean, Batman <laughs> obviously Begins isn't a shit. Is a movie that works. Yeah. Um. So now the other thing, because this is. It's not quite the end of this year. We have, you know, yeah. our bonus picky that we always go to, but we still need to figure out if this is, um. Better if Batman than... Begins is the best movie of our lifetime, and we're putting it yeah. against Pirates of, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse which of the Black is Pearl. is pretty interesting because these are both blockbuster movies that I love a lot. Yeah, at a certain point, we stopped taking this podcast seriously. I think. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, we fucked up. We may we may do something at the very end when we're like wrapping up what Best Pictures looks at looks In, like, like a at that moment. From now? Yeah. yeah, it's going to be a while, but maybe we bring back Titanic or some of the other ones that have lost um, sure. the year. Like, the one, the the we big have to winners. Unequivocally say like this beats all the big winners, the ones that had a yes. big run. I think that's know? what the final thing sure. we have to do. Um, like, just so does it beat fucking... Jurassic Park? Does it beat right? Right. Jurassic just Park so had like a pretty big run, right? Yeah, basically it's been Jurassic Park, Titanic, Pirates of the Caribbean are our big runners. Um, but, you know, just because just we want to verify hey, is that... the movie f- popular? <laughs> yeah, we're going to like it. Fuck off. But you're kind of right. Um, but it, but movies like that work. Um, uh, but, yeah, we need to make sure that, like, Flashpoint is better than uh, Titanic. I'm going to assume that's the best movie when all that exists in theaters are superhero movies. Right. Um, is Chad Batman yeah. Begins better than Pirates of the Caribbean? No, Pirates of the Caribbean's better. Uh, okay, it's just I don't know. It's just bigger. I don't know if it's bolder. Have you thought about know, the I, fact that they both have swords? They both just have, make sure you're thinking about swords. that. Pirates of the Caribbean has more swords. That doesn't really factor into why I like it more. Mm, uh, just something to think about. I don't know. I just the Batman thing. He's a very good hero. I've always kind of been on the whole he's a bit overrated thing. People who say they're th- people who say Batman's a favorite superhero typically have like it's a pretty boring take for me. I don't know why. I don't know why you're gagging. Because <laughs> Batman's good. The reason he's, he's good, popular is because he's, he's good. He's fine. 
good. He's good. Yeah, but like Batman he, Begins is not the best Batman movie. It's mm-hmm. I don't know. That's not the question. It's, yeah, is I, it better but, than but, Pirates but of the it Caribbean? It remains. I, I like Pirates of the Caribbean more than I like Batman. Hey, Mark, is Pirates huh? of the Caribbean or Batman Begins a better movie? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, uh, yeah, no shit. The premise of our podcast. I think I have to go with Pirates. All uh, right. Fair enough, fair enough, fair it's enough. It's going to be Pirates. This is a battle of the Cody Cody winners. Cody big action. Uh, ah, fuck. So this is hard for me. That, that That's why I was setting it up. I wasn't bragging. I was just trying to explain why it's hard. <laughs> um, Batman Begins or Pirates of the Caribbean are two films. The, what, what, what's really hard is because they came out at really like similar times. They're both movies that I have watched like no joke 20 times a piece. Oh yeah. Same. Which, like, which watched... really like kind of like mm. makes it hard. Hmm. Mm, 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 mm. Man, I think it is pirates is the thing. Yeah. I mean, it's one good. of them has, I kind of want to say Batman begins falling. and I think Batman begins is like close to perfect, but so is pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, yeah. Batman um, has what, like two swords in the whole movie. Yeah, the sword ratio really sways it in the pirates' favor. Honestly, right there. Yeah, I don't. And if like, we're talking, I don't like what this podcast is becoming and how we're how like we're judging if, movies. If, if if we go beat by beat too, if we're like okay, compare the love interest in Pirates to the love interest in Batman Begins. Well, Pirates got them there. Supporting characters, I like Falcone, but is he as good as fucking uh, Jeffrey Rush? No, or like um, Eyeball and his friend. Yeah, are they as good as Scarecrow? Scarecrow might beat them, but it's close. Um, I don't know if Scarecrow is the parallel there. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, what funny character is there in Batman Begins? <laughs> is kind of yeah, Alfred, well, I guess. Um, and he's very yeah. dry. He's not like Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow funny. The, the, the problem Gordon we're going to run into the, in this podcast is how many other movies have a lot of swords in them? Like, eventually. I don't think that that's the problem, Cody. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's basically what we're judging them by, and we're just going to have to find a movie with a lot more swords, and I can't really think yeah. of any that are coming up. So. Jason Cody, and the Argonauts just... is the best movie of all time because of the skeletons and the swords. Um, There's I'm, an argument there. I'm going to nominate Mask of Zorro one of these years. We'll get there. <laughs> I think we missed it. I think Sahara oh, has a machete in it. That's coming up. Ooh, that's good. Machete's Cody, you know that good. there's there's swords in one of the Bond movies you have coming up, right? It's like old sword fight. Oh, what? In what in, movie? Uh, Tomorrow coming. never dies. So no, oh oh not one on the in that I'm no. watching. I yeah. thought that we were no, covering no, no, for no. the podcast, and I was like, the only one we would talk about is like Skyfall or Casino Royale, and I don't think there's swords in those movies. No, um, in, in one of the ones you're about to watch. Those movies. Got it, got it, got it, got it. That makes a lot more sense. So Batman Begins is the best movie. Nope, but of 2005. But yes. Pirates of the Caribbean Good is catch. the best movie of our lifetime. Hey boys, where can yeah. people find you on the social web? Find me at Chad A. Oliver on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I haven't been TikToking lately, but I want to. I want to get back into it. I just haven't been in the mood to mm. TikTok. Mm. Yeah, Mark. Where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me at Wellington Mark on any of those social media platforms, um, including that like that app that's been going around. It's like Letterboxd for music, Music Board. Uh, have not oh. used it. I was hoping that it would just hook this. up to your iTunes, and it doesn't. And I'm not gonna like 
manually put in all of that shit. I don't want that. It's too yeah, much stress. no. Too much work. Uh, yeah. If it, if it, if it like, integrated, I probably would do that. 100%. Um, hmm. Cody. So you can find me at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Cody Lunsford on Letterboxd where you can see reports of whether or not Mulan kills me. Um, and then you can find the show at We Pick Picks, W-E-P-I-C-K-P-I-C-S on Twitter and Instagram, um, which is where you will find good information like the besties have been delayed, um, because we have to follow the Oscars. Um, hey, if you like this show, which I hope you do, um, please leave us a review. That's good to do, as you know from every podcast you listen to. So please help us out. Give us five that was a stars. A lot of rhyming. I don't know how much of it was intentional, but I don't know. Uh, all all of it. You I wrote this. <laughs> I didn't oh. <laughs> mean to. No, I didn't write it. Um, just off the dome, dude. Um, but yeah. So, um, hey, Chad, what's the best movie of two thousand five? Uh, Batman Begins. And are you going to ask me anything else, or do we go around? No, we go around, then we go around again. It's it's kind of needlessly uh, complicated. It's kind of like Crash, where we're crossing multiple storylines. And it goes too long. Mark. Huh? Yeah? Mark, what's the best movie of 2005? Batman Begins. Better than The Squid and the Whale, better than Bohemian Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, it is better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, yeah, better than Bohemian Rhapsody, for sure. But what is it? It's uh, Batman Begins. I already said this. Cody, uh, uh-huh. I have a similar question. Not the exact same question, but like, uh-huh. here we go. Of the movies that we watched for this podcast that came out in 2005 or around 2005, um, what's your favorite? What's the best? Batman Begins. What is... Oh, hey, Chad. Who are you talking to? Oh, you're talking to me. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Let me let me flip it and reserve, reverse oh. it. Hey, Mark, okay. what is huh? the best movie of our lifetime, though? Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, I think, is a strong contender. Chad, what do you think? About, uh, like, what the, the best, best movie, movie of our lifetime? Of our lifetime up, so Up far. until 2005. Up until 2005 would have to be Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Oh yeah, that's a- Cody. What's the best movie discussed on the podcast so far of our lifetime? Uh, that would be Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl, based on the popular Disney attraction Pirates of the Caribbean, that is located in both Disneyland in a- Anaheim, California, and at Walt Disney World, which is located in Orlando, a, Florida. They got one in. Is it the Shanghai? Mm-hmm. It's have, more based it, around the movies. It's yeah, it's got it's a a Davy Jones stuff. More immersive yeah. ride. Yeah, I want to ride yeah. that one day. The, the the new one. I mean, the but so the movie wasn't based on Jesus that ride. Christ. That ride Can was based on the, the movie, but the other yeah. movie, the other the one was. So anyway, yeah. thanks everybody for listening. And uh, remember, I am angry all the time, and I don't know why. Next week, we finally get around to talking about Sahara. Um, Sahara. I think the first PG-13 movie I watched in theaters. Uh, it's So picture this. It's like uh, Indiana Jones, except with more water. Huh? Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's an oceanographer archaeologist.
Um, Interesting. It's it spends most of the time in the desert yeah. in this movie, but yeah. you know we'll cover that. It's fun. Steve's on it, Matthew McConaughey. It's on Amazon Prime. It's also on my bookshelf because I own the DVD and have it for. It's also on my years. bookshelf, actually in a box right now because Mark gave it to me because he wanted me to watch it. And all of you who I know love hearing me talk about theme parks, come on back for the next episode because this movie was directed by the son of a former Disney CEO. Hey, Cody, I forgot that I gave it to you to watch. Um, you like this movie, right? Uh, well, I knew that we were going to cover it on the podcast yeah. at some point, so I You knew waited. that when I gave it to you in, like, 2013 or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> you gave it to me more recently than that, Dickwad. You were living in Chattanooga when you gave it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, I believe that. Come back next week. And scene. <laughs>